Good morning, everyone. Happy Sabbath to you. Does that expression sound strange to you? Happy Sabbath it doesn't sound strange to God. I'm very, very delighted to see you. I hope you managed, well, clearly you made your way here through the traffic, and I'm happy for that. I hope you enjoyed the earlier part of the program led by Dr. Bischoff, and I'm sure that the Holy Spirit will do all in his power with your contribution of attention and prayers to make this part comprehensible to you. So let us bow our heads now and pray. But before we do, let me ask, who are here for the first time? May I see your hands? Any f- God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All- God bless you, my dear sister. God bless you. Anyone else? You are here for the first time. Well, if you're too shy to raise your hands, I'm delighted to see you, and may the good Lord bless you very much. Let us now pray. Our Father in heaven, we ask you in the name of Jesus, a name that you love, please open our eyes, our minds, make us willing not only to hear the truth, but to receive it into our hearts. It is not enough to be hearers of the law, but we must be doers, then we can be justified. So give us an appetite for spiritual things, we pray, and teach us. Take possession of my mind, I ask, with all my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Our subject for this morning, how to resist temptation. Now, I cannot imagine any human being who is alive who has no interest in how to resist temptation, particularly if that person claims to have a relationship of any kind with God. How to resist temptation. Eve was confronted with a temptation in the Garden of Eden. When the serpent said to her, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden, as recorded in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And we know, of course, that she fell... And very soon after that, her husband fell as well. And Christians throughout the ages have fallen prey to the devil and his temptations. And we need to understand from the word of God how to resist temptations. Let me say something about temptations before we get into the how to resist it. Essentially, a temptation is an invitation whether from without or from within, to act or think or speak contrary to God's will. All temptations lead the tempted person or are designed to lead the tempted person away from the path of right living and right doing and right thinking and right speaking. No temptation brings you into conformity with God's will. That's not the plan of a temptation. Because ultimately, whether it is the devil who tempts you, or whether urges come from within, they are both designed to hurt God. Now, the devil cannot reach God personally to hurt him. So he hurts God through us. Now, those of you with children or with spouses, you understand this. You prefer to have someone slap you than your child. Your child is hurt, you feel it more than if you are hurt. 
Because Jesus made it fairly clear in Matthew 25, I believe it's verse 40, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Now this principle functions. Jesus feels what we feel. God feels it. Even when birds die, according to Matthew chapter 10, verse 29, and Luke chapter 12, verse 6, when animals die, God feels it. And animals were not made in his image. When the devil hurts us, when he damages us, through our cooperation with him, God feels the agony and the pain. So the devil's ultimate aim is not really you. It is Christ. It was Christ who threw him out of heaven, according to Revelation 12, verse 7 through 8 and 9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. Jesus is that Michael who led his angels against the devil and his angels. And the devil has never forgotten and he carries a grudge. And he hurts Christ through us. We see that principle again in Acts chapter 9 verse 4. When God knocked Paul off his horse on the road to Damascus. Paul falling to the earth, Acts 9 4 says, He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Me? The Bible says Paul was persecuting the church. But the church is the body of Christ. And so Christ took it very, very personally. Paul, Saul, you are persecuting me. And Saul, not understanding this principle, he said, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus Christ, whom thou, by the way, don't cause trouble for God's people. <laughs> are you listening to me? As we say in common language, don't mess with God's people. Because when you do that, you're messing with God. And the Bible says that God regards it as a righteous thing to recompense tribulation to those who trouble his people. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, I believe it's verse 5, verse 6. God thinks it a righteous thing to recompense tribulation to those who trouble his people. If you don't believe me, ask Pharaoh's army lying at the bottom of the Red Sea. The devil uses temptations to hurt God. He also hurts us. He damages us spiritually. That is collateral damage. But his aim is Jesus Christ. We're talking about how to resist temptations. Now temptations come from within and they come from without. And I told you last week, if the devil were to die of a heart attack now, because we still have the sinful nature, we would still have desires to do wrong. Which means the devil is not necessarily responsible for every wrong thing we do or every temptation that comes our way. Sometimes we do what is called enter into temptation. Now what is that? There is a difference between being tempted and entering into temptation. Now Jesus prayed for his disciples in Matthew 26 verse 40. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. 
Listen to the language of Christ. Watch. In other words, be vigilant. Keep your eyes open around you so that you may not enter into. Now, when the devil comes to you as he came to Christ, that is not entering into temptation. That is the tempter coming to you. Are you following me? Now, here's how we enter into temptation. Here's a situation that clearly is risky. You're a Bible worker doing the Lord's work. And some member of the church, an ice lady, asks you for Bible study. But she's only available at 11 o'clock at night. Are you with me? Is there any sin in the Bible study? Come on, talk to me. Any sin in the Bible study? No. So you go. And you're not a woman. And before you know it, after three or four Bible studies trouble you have entered into temptation could be the devil had nothing to do with it at the beginning we must avoid situations that lead us into trouble when we don't we are entering into temptation and many of us end up in trouble not because the devil comes to us but because we go into situations with our eyes open And we enter into temptation. And Jesus says, watch and pray, meaning as you and I live our lives from day to day, we must be conscious of what's going on around us, conscious of what we're doing. We cannot live lives on automatic pilot. That's for planes, not for human beings. We must live our lives purposefully, moment by moment. Why am I where I am? Why am I with whom I am with? Where, why am I going where I am going? Watch, Jesus says, and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Then there's being tempted. That's where you have no control. You can't stop the devil from coming to you. Let me tell you something about the devil. The devil can come. He can't compel. Let me say that again. The devil can come to you. He does not come with a gun which he puts to your head. He cannot do that. For temptation to bear fruit, there must be cooperation between the devil and you and I and me. Satan tempts and I say, okay. What I am saying is a temptation from without and from within is merely an invitation to do wrong. It is an invitation. It is not a compulsion. How many of you have ever gotten invitations in your lives? Can I see you've received invitations to one thing or another? Have you accepted all of them? Didn't you say no to some? Every temptation is an invitation to act contrary to God's will and the power to say yea or nay is with us in cooperation with God. Because there's some temptations that are so powerful in our human condition alone we cannot resist. 
Did you get that? And I also apply that to Christ. Let me clarify quickly. Christ in his human form, without help from the Father, could not have resisted those temptations in the wilderness. Let me say it again for the record. Christ in his human form in the wilderness could not have resisted those temptations without the power of the Father. So temptations are invitations to go contrary to God's will. Temptations come from without the devil or they come out of our natural desires. James chapter 1, reading from verse 13, Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. I should give you time to find that verse. James chapter 1, reading from verse 13. I will read to 15. James is another book that I love very much, very practical book. James 1, reading from verse 13. Do you have that? Let no man say, when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God is tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is what? Drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth what? Sin, and sin when it is finished or mature bringeth forth death. Now, drawn away of his own lust or of the devil's temptations? His own lusts. Entering into temptation. That's not what happened to Jesus in the wilderness. He was not drawn away of his own lusts. The devil came to him. And God does not hold you responsible for that. When you and I are drawn away of our own lusts, which reside within, not without. So the Bible, here we have more information. We must be careful not to allow internal forces to lead us into situations that, lead, that end up in sin. Something else about temptation. Whether or not you resist a temptation, it is best if you never face it in the first place. Are you with me? Don't show the devil how bad you are. You know, there's some guy, when I was growing up in school, when I was a little boy, you always had a guy at school who was bad. You walked bad. (laughs) He was bad. Don't mess with him. And some people, they are like that with the devil. I'm bad. And the devil loves them. Don't show Satan how bad you are, how strong you are, whenever and wherever possible, avoid temptations. It is the best. Don't confront it if you can avoid it. It's like disease. Don't get disease simply because you know someone has an injection. Avoid. Prevent. As I told you earlier this week, don't go looking for the devil. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4 as we continue how to resist temptation. Matthew 4. We shall read from verse 1. We're reading, I should tell you, from the King James Version. And I use this version simply because it's my favorite. Matthew chapter 4, reading from verse 1. As we continue with the subject, how to resist temptation temptations the bible says then was jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil now 
Don't misread that verse. Jesus did not go looking. Jesus knew the devil would come looking for him. He knew that because the devil knew who he was. He came to save the world. If the devil could get him, that was it. But Jesus didn't go looking for Satan. Verse 2, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward unhungered, as anyone would be. And when the tempter came to him, here's that expression again. Let me repeat, let Satan come to you. Don't go looking for him. If you're a single woman, all you can think about is men. You are looking for the devil. Because he'll come through your mind. The man may never come, but things will happen here. If you're a single man and you're obsessed with, I need a woman, you are looking for the devil. He will work on that. We must protect mind. We must protect our speech. We must protect our acting. Every aspect of ourselves protect. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Let's examine that expression. The devil prefers to come to you when you're weak. You see, Satan, when he was made, he was Lucifer. According to Ezekiel 28, the Bible says he was made full of wisdom. When he was thrown out, he took his wisdom with him. You're not impressed? <laughs> I am. I cannot handle Satan. I can't. I just know how to hold on to Jesus. And so the devil is very strategic. That's why we read in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober. Be vigilant. What is vigilance? What is the punishment for a soldier who falls asleep at his post? Death. You're in war. You're supposed to be watching. You sleep. The Bible says, be sober. Keep your mind focused. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about. He is on a prowl. The devil doesn't go for strolls. He is on missions. Seeking whom he may devour. Not just hurt. A lion doesn't attack you to hurt you. He attacks you to devour you. Which means the devil's ultimate purpose is your and my destruction. Not just to wound us and we carry a bandit and we're fine. Mm, to devour, wipe you out. Walketh about. Seeking whom he may devour. Which means some people are more devourable than others. Based on where they are. You never go to church. The devil licks his lips. Because you are a snack. You got to go to church. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as ye see the day approaching. Christ started the church he, for a reason. The church is a safe place when it functions as it should. You don't read your Bible? You're on the Bible your name appears on Satan's menu. You don't pray? You're on the dessert list. 
The devil is looking who, on whom can I best use my energies and my time. Because the devil knows he has how much time? A short time. So he is selective. Who is most likely to fall the moment I just... He has no time to waste. And he looks, and he looks, and he looks. Listen to me. When you walk through large cities, wherever you go, particularly you're told by travel agents or whomever, Try to look like the people who live there. Because those who are up to no good, they can spot a visitor a mile off. And they hone in on you. So try to look as mean as they look. <laughs> Satan can spot you. And I'm being quite serious. He's on the prowl. So he came to Jesus. Jesus didn't go looking for him. He came to Christ when Christ was weak. Forty days of fasting. How long have you ever fasted? Have you ever fasted? Longest I've gone three days. And when it ended, I was praising God. I mean, halfway in the first day, I heard a noise. It's the noise of the flesh. You see, appetite is a legal urge we have. God put it there. But it can get out of hand. And I felt it, and I had to say, no, no. No, I said three days, three days. It's not easy. Jesus, 40 days. If thou be the son of God. He looks for you. Comes when you weep. Then he insinuates doubt. That's what he did to Eve. Yea, hath God said. Did God really say? He didn't say God didn't say. The devil is not idiotic. He knows that we know. So he doesn't say God didn't say. He simply says, is that really what he meant? But the Bible says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The devil says, wait a minute now. He might have meant the day before, the day after. They're close. Are you sure? I don't know. I'm just asking, are you sure? Says the devil. He comes to Jesus. If. If thou be the son of God. Now the devil was present at the baptism of Christ. Are you with me? And he heard God say. In verse 17 of Matthew 3. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He heard it. The devil was never far from Christ. Christ was his personal assignment. Why do I say that? Because not all demons are equally wicked. Some are more wicked than others. The most wicked being the devil. That's why when Jesus talks, I think it's in Luke chapter 11, verse 24. When the evil spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return to my house whence I came out. And when he cometh, he findeth his swept and garnished, verse 25, unto 26. Then goeth he and taketh to him seven spirits more wicked than himself. Did you get that? More wicked. There's some demons more wicked than others, as there are some angels with more authority than others. Gabriel has more authority than any angel. Not more goodness, more authority. There are some demons with more power to do wrong than others. Satan has the most. So he assigned himself to Jesus. He was at that baptism. He heard the Father say, This is my beloved Son. And I like him. I'm pleased. 
By the way, through Christ, God wants to say to you, this is my beloved daughter. This is my beloved son. Through Christ, in Christ, God desires to say loudly to the world, this is my beloved daughter. And I, oh, what a thing it must be to please God. Not just slightly pleased. Well pleased. And so he came to Christ six weeks later. If thou be the son of God. Listen to me. If you're a child of God, you're a child of God. You are more than conquerors through Christ. The power that kept Christ keeps you. <laughs> but I still love you. <laughs> the power I say that kept Christ keeps us. There aren't two varieties of powers to deal with temptation. There is one. That's the power of God. If thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Now, notice the response of Christ. Verse 4 of Matthew 4, but he answered and said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Notice how the devil approached Christ, if thou be the Son of God. He didn't ask him, if thou be the Son of Man. But Jesus did not respond as the Son of God. He didn't say, God shall live by bread alone. He said, man. Now, when he said man, to whom was he referring? Himself? Yes. Himself plus us. You can correctly paraphrase that expression. Jesus says, Satan, here's how I live, and here's how all of my people live. By every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It's good for me, it's good for them. And it's the only thing we have to defend ourselves against you. Man shall not live by bread alone. Which means you and I must come to the place where we prefer to die. Because that bread was to save his physical life. We prefer to die and honor God. Than to dishonor God and preserve our lives. You didn't get what I said. That bread... If he, had, he could have turned it to stone, to, to uh, the stone to bread. He was God as well as man. But Jesus was obedient, according to Philippians 2, unto death. But not just death. Even the death of the cross. You see, there's death and then there's death. We're talking about the degree to which we must hate temptation. There's death and there's death. If I had to be killed and someone said, um, Brother Ski, choose your method of death. I am not choosing burning in a fiery furnace. You understand me? <laughs> there's death and death. I'm not choosing being bitten by snakes or eaten by a lion. I will say, look, give me something that the dentists give you when they knock you out. <laughs> and I don't feel anything and I just go, I'm dead. The outcome is the same, but getting there is different. So Jesus was obedient even if it meant suffering the worst kind of death. Did you get that? Yeah. Unto death. Now when you have that determination to resist, 
Satan has lost. He's lost. You're willing to die rather than dishonor God. That's the mind we must have. If thou be the son of God. Jesus says man. The sons of men. Shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When Jesus said that. Satan realized. It would be pointless to try that again. But he didn't give up. He tried something else. The Bible says, Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Now, let us examine Christ's technique. He used the word yes. But when the devil said, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Jesus didn't say, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Because that is written too. You didn't get it? Okay, let me try it again. When you're confronting temptation, you have to use a Bible verse that matches the temptation. Are you following me? If you're tempted to commit fornication, don't say bringing all the tithe into the storehouse. <laughs> say flee fornication. Does that make sense to you? It made sense to Christ and to the devil. But in order to do that, this must be where? Here. Somebody say amen. Amen. This is the only way to resist the devil. Why did I say you've got to have the right verse? The devil quoted scripture too. The devil knows the scriptures better than you do. And he can twist them better than any PhD from the finest seminary. So we have to have this in our hearts. That's why Jesus was able to say, it is written. And then he told the devil exactly what was written. The devil has no power against it is written. Did you hear me? <clears throat> he has no power to resist it is written. And he knows that. That is why he keeps us so busy. We have no time for it is written. Watching 3ABN is not enough. Watching Creflo Dollar is not enough. Watching TDJX is not enough. You must make time to study it is written for yourself. Coming to hear me is not enough. But keep coming. <laughs> Don't stop. But it's not enough. You have a personal responsibility to protect yourself, to immunize yourself against the devil and his temptations. Because the devil can only ask you to sin. 
He can't force you. But to resist his invitation, you need power that is divine. You need the same power that said, let there be light, and there was light. That is the only power that works. Now, let me say, there's some temptation you can resist. Yes. Some. Because not all sinners commit all possible sins. Didn't say that clearly. That's a weakness of mine. I must work on that, trying to say things clearly. If I said it clearly, you would have said amen. Let me try it this way. <laughs> In uh, Galatians 5, from verse 19, let's go there. Show you what I mean. Galatians 5, reading from verse 19, it is now, uh, what time is it? 12 o'clock? All right, sister. Okay, I'll try. Do we have Galatians 5? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkens, revelings, and such like. Now you look at all that list. Not all people do all of those. Am I right? Yes. But all people have the potential to do all. So not all sinners commit all possible sins under the sun. There are some, because of the way you were raised, you would never do. So you would not be caught dead stealing from a liquor store. You would not steal people's hubcaps. You, are you with me? You don't hit old ladies over the head and take away their groceries. You don't do that. That sin is beneath you. But then there are others at your level. So the devil knows, let me not waste this temptation on her. Here's the one that will work for her. Are you following me? But this is the only power that works to resist. Regardless of the temptation he selects, this is the response. Not simply as some words you know, because we know the, the songs to popular commercials. We know the songs, that's the, the words to songs. So it's not just knowing words. It is having the words of a living principle in your life. If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Man shall not live by bread alone. Which means that spiritual life is more important than physical life. You all need to say amen. <laughs> it is better to please God and die than to please yourself and physically survive. Cast thyself down. Second temptation. It is written, the devil quoted scripture. He said it's written too. Now, Jesus responded a second time, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Let me pause and comment on that. God is love. Does the Bible say that? Yes, he does. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. People misunderstand God's love to mean God does not punish. Or God does not get angry. God punishes. And God is not indulgent of everything we do. If you put yourself in a situation where you don't belong, God will let you suffer the consequences. If Jesus had jumped off that church, he would have broken all the ankles he had. 
his knees, shins, hip, because the father would not have caught him. Don't put yourselves in positions where you tempt God. Then say, Lord, help me. Mm -mm, Don't do that. Do not do that. Avoid situations where you're not biblically assured of God's protection. Which means that many of us jump off the temple. Many problems we have, we bring on ourselves because we tempt God. When they tempted God in the wilderness, most of them died. That's where Jesus got a quotation, Deuteronomy 6.16. You tempt God and you pay. Do not ever deliberately put yourselves in positions where you know there is no guarantee of divine guidance and protection. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, verse 8 of Matthew 4, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Look at that verse carefully. Not all kingdoms have glory. Are you following me? Not all kingdoms have glory. Babylon had glory. Now, I want that kingdom. Greece had glory. Rome had glory. But there are some kingdoms we've never heard of. You understand? Some in the forest somewhere, a little kingdom. No glory. Who wants that? So when the devil selects, he selects that which sparkles. Are you with me? It dazzles the eye. So he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. The devil knows how to package temptations. Packaging is important. Preachers must also package the gospel properly. Or nobody wants it. When you walk through the supermarket, do you find cereal in black and white boxes? <laughs> am, I, am I right or am I wrong? What are the colors on cereal boxes? All kinds of colors. You want it. Now, this principle is from God. Things must look good. Genesis 2 verse 8, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. But the devil takes with that which God made for good and twists it for evil, and that's one of the worst things to do against God. So he appeals to that principle and uses it for his own good. So he's the glory of them. And he brings temptations to us that are nicely packaged. 36, 24, 36. For a man, there's no nicer package than that. Six feet, three, 215 pounds, broad shoulders, narrow hips. Good job. A car. (laughs) Nicely packaged. The glory of them. All these things will I give you. If you fall down and acknowledge me, worship me as God. That's what worship me means. Acknowledge me as God.
Jesus said to him, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. One more time, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Not your career. Not all gods are made of wood and stone. Him only, I have some friends who sacrifice their health, families, to get ahead professionally. In other words, you had a choice, stabilize my family or get ahead in career. I chose career. Did that please God? Mm -mm. That's your God, your career. You'll sacrifice anything to get ahead including the family and then you say god is your god no 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 that pursuit of that secular achievement and that is your god and so jesus says thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only some people they will leave god for a man or leave god for a woman will not come to church because i prefer to be that man or that woman will not study the Bible because I'm on the phone with this man or this woman. Him only shalt thou serve. Verse 11 says, Then the devil leaveth him. The devil had to. Because James says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, which is what Jesus did. When you submit to the word, you submit to God. Resist the devil, which is what Jesus did, and he will flee. So the devil fled. For a season. Even Satan needs to recover when he's beaten over the head. With this, he has to back up, take a break, clear his senses, and then he comes back. Let him come back and get another treatment of the same thing. Nothing else will work. Now, you and I may think we're strong. It's a big mistake. Remember Peter, what he told Jesus? Then Jesus said, one of you will, all of you will forsake me and flee. What did Peter say? Not, not me, not me. No, sir. Peter turned his cap around and said, no, not me. <laughs> I'm not fleeing. Mm -mm. A lot of us talk like that. The devil can't get me to do this, can't get me to do that, can't get me to do this. The devil says, that's mine, and she's mine, <laughs> he's mine, <laughs> and he's mine. Peter did not know the degree to which he was weak. You and I are not fully aware of the depth to which our sinful nature goes. It doesn't mean we're not converted, but a converted person still has the sinful nature. What the converted person has now is another nature, the Spirit of God, which brings the life of Christ. Now the Spirit lusteth against the flesh, and the flesh against the Spirit, for these are contrary one to the other night and day. There's a battle. There's a war. You are the supreme commander. You decide who wins. 
Now, by studying God's Word and making it a part of your life, you strengthen the spiritual side. You don't destroy the flesh. You weaken the flesh. And what dies is the flesh's domination. That dies. And control goes over to the spirit. The flesh only dies when Jesus makes this corruptible incorruption. And this mortal immortal. If the flesh were to die, how could we build a character? Character is built as we make choices to do right against a force to do wrong. But we must feed the spiritual. You know, God's method for us to overcome is so simple that we go looking for more complex ways. After all, I have a degree. I can't waste my time with something this simple. It's too simple. For instance, the only way to get along with God is to obey. Now, that's simple. You don't need a Bunsen burner. You don't need reagents. You don't need a catalyst. You need nothing. Just do what I say. When a policeman says, get on the ground, no discussion. Get on the ground. And they tell you, now. God says, obey me. Obey him. God says, here's how you resist temptation. My word. And we say, too simple. Too simple. Let me try some kind of psychological approach. Let me try Dianetics. Let me try Scientology. Let me try Process Theology. God says, no, no, just try what Jesus tried. It is written. You know God is a simple God. Simple God. The Bible says, God has hidden these things from the wise and revealed them unto who? Fools. He was talking to me. Simple. Simple. Put this in here and you develop a resistance to the devil's viruses. And that is guaranteed by the very life of God. Of all that I've said, two things I want to stress before I sit down or walk off. God's word is your only defense and mine. Here's some things to do other than just the word even before you're tempted, to make sure the devil doesn't come. There's something you can do to keep him away. I mean, he gets to eventually, but you can lessen the frequency with which temptation comes your way. Think about spiritual things all the time. What did I mean? I like the amends, but I want to know you know what I meant. I didn't mean... You're thinking, where shall I go to church today? I like to visit. I'm a visiting Adventist, visiting Baptist, visiting Lutheran. I just go to different church. I have no church of my own. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, you take a passage of scripture. You're on the bus. You're going from San Bernardino to San Jose. You're on the bus. What will you do? Just look out the window. 
What do you do here? Travel with your word. It's your sword. Read something. And then think about it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Scam artists, con artists, they spend all their days figuring out another scam. And you know why these scams work? Because they put time. I'm not sure if they put prayer. They put time. They put effort. They consult with one another. It is a matter of priority. And they develop some scams that are so sophisticated. And you are taken for every dollar you have. You don't even know. Put that same concentration into God's word. One way to keep the devil away, keep your mind occupied because the devil can only come through through your mind. That's where you decide yes or no. Keep this occupied with this. Another way to keep the devil off your back. Keep hymns on your lips. Not what happened on God, uh, all my children, General Hospital. Ah, keep hymns on your lips and in your heart. Sing a hymn. Hum a hymn. Not what Mariah Carey sings. That's not a hymn. Or Beyonce or whomever. A hymn. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. To God be the glory. You're driving on the highway. You're about to change lanes. Here's a big truck. You, 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 the Lord just saved your life. Sing a hymn. Praise God from whom. Don't just say, man, I'm lucky. No, you're not. Another thing to do to keep the devil away, spend time with people who love Jesus. Are you with me? Listen to me. The sinful nature's most powerful force opposite to righteousness, but another one related to that is the force of influence of others. You find yourself in the wrong crowd, and it is unlikely that you will convert that crowd. That crowd will convert you. Pick and choose your associates carefully, even in the church. Find people who love Jesus. It's easy to find a person who loves Jesus. How do you know that? They're always talking about Jesus. You know, you can't get some women to shut up about their men and some men about their women. Or some parents about their children of whom they're proud. You can't get someone who loves Jesus to stop talking about Jesus. Watch your company. Tell you something else, you won't say amen to this. Watch what you eat. But that was a courteous amen. I appreciate it. And I just accept it. Watch what you eat. What you eat affects your ability to resist temptation. Many women watch you eat and drink. Many women have been raped. For no other reason, they were drunk. Not with water. Not with orange juice. The other stuff. Am I right? Many people have committed terrible crimes under the influence of one thing or another and then they came out of the influence and did not have a clue. Watch what you put into your system. You are what you eat. 
it is easier for the devil to tempt someone who cannot control appetite. You're still like me? <laughs> Listen to me. This is serious business. The first temptation recorded on the earth was a temptation upon appetite. And that person failed. The first temptation Jesus faced as he prepared for his earthly ministry was on the point of appetite. I'll say something now that will cause the entire nation to laugh at me if they see this program. Billions of dollars are spent every year on weight loss programs, which don't work. Am I right? They don't work. But people do them anyhow. I want you to consider this weight problem as a spiritual problem. The world will not tell you that. But if you want to control that part of your life, ask God for the victory over appetite. So I'm no scientist. I don't know what gene, I read somewhere a few years ago, there's a gene that makes you eat. No, no, no gene can make you do anything. Are you with me? No gene can make you. It may predispose you. But a gene has never told a person, pick up that plate. You know what the Bible says? I don't recall where, Proverbs somewhere. When thou sittest down to eat with a ruler, if thou put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Now, the Bible doesn't mean suicide. It simply means exercise serious control. But the power to exercise that comes from God. That's why temperance is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And temperance means self-control in everything. Temperance lies at the foundation of spiritual power. I was talking to someone once. She said, temperance? I said, yes. She said, should there be temperance between me and my husband? I said, yes. There are no exceptions to temperance. She said, you mean my husband and I can sin sexually? Yes. Can I eat too much of a good thing? Yes. Temperance protects us against loss of control. We are talking about what can I do to make myself less likely to sin. Number one, the word of God. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. You know when God described Job, I'm about to finish. In Job 1 verse 6, the Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? Mm, mm, mm. How would you like God to say that about you? For good reasons. He can say that for the other reason. There is none like him in the earth, and then God itemizes a perfect, upright man. 
one that feareth God, and the last one I like, and escheweth evil. What does that strange word eschew mean? Avoid. You heard me say earlier, it's better not to deal with the temptation in the first place. He eschewed evil. Sometimes I'm driving on the highway, you look around all these billboards for men's clubs. You have to look away. Not because you're weak. For your own sake, you have to. You just, you have to just travel with your eyes right ahead of you. Job eschewed, he avoided. My brothers, my sisters, how should we avoid temptation? The foundation is the word of God as a living principle in our lives. We must understand how Jesus overcame. Study Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4 where the temptations are recorded in a slightly different order in the book of Luke. Expose yourself to spiritual influences. Be frequently found in the house of God. Keep a song on your lips. Not one that wins an Emmy, but one that talks about Jesus and his love that has a message. Hide God's word in your heart. Come on. <laughs> Learn two or three verses a month. All of you know your telephone numbers. And your husband's telephone number. And your girlfriend's telephone number. You have nine children, you know, nine birthdays. Learn one Bible verse a week. When temptation comes, you can say, as Jesus said, it is written, so I say, it is written, thou shalt not steal. Now when you say that, walk away. Are you with me? Don't stay there. And say, thou shalt not steal that. Walk away while you're saying it. Let God see you mean business that the power of the word may be released into your life. Don't say, thou shalt not, whatever, and you're still standing there. No. Show God how serious you are. Use the word in cooperation with your effort. You and I have to make an effort. Many people are deceived by preachers who tell you, Jesus did it all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Jesus did all he had to do. You and I must do what we must do. And so Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. You add. I add. God supplies. I add. 1 Peter 2. Wherefore, laying aside all malice, we've got to add some things, lay aside some things. There is something we must do in cooperation with God. That combination brings victory to us and glory to God. My brothers and my sisters, do you not want to resist temptation? Yes, in your heart you do. Are you proud of the times and am I proud of the times we have fallen? No. Each time you fall, it becomes easier to fall. That's what practice is all about. Practice makes 
Each time you resist, it becomes easy to resist the next time. Let us be people on whom God can count to resist through his word. To resist out of love for God. I thank God for his word. I thank him for the, for the, the example of Jesus Christ. And I thank God the devil can only invite me to sin. He cannot force me to sin. Ask God to put into your heart hatred for sin. The very first promise of scripture is a promise of hatred. Genesis 3.15 And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. The first promise of scripture is a promise from God to put hatred in you for everything of the devil. Ask him for that. Hebrews 1 verse 9, God describes Christ as thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. I'll ask you a question, don't answer me. Do we hate sin? Do we hate sin? Not just acts of sin, but the very concept that there's a principle called sin, which is in opposition to God. Do we hate sin as this goes in, hatred for sin begins to build. And love for righteous things also begins to build. So that according to Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water. How? By the word. And so I say to you in the name of Jesus Christ and in the presence of the living God, is it your desire as a child of God to do all you can with God's help to resist sin? Stand up. Is it your desire to avoid situations that lead to sin? Is that your desire? But let us commit ourselves today to do our part. We will put God's word in our hearts. We will eschew evil, avoid situations that are dicey. We will keep a hymn in our hearts. It not only drives the devil away, it helps you with depression and the blues and the dark clouds. Just hymn somewhere. It may lift up somebody else's spirit. It's a good way to witness. Whenever I'm in a bank or anywhere in a line, I hum deliberately. Nine out of ten times, the person in front of me turns around. Why are you so happy? Well, that's a mistake the person made. And then I can preach. Are you with me? I didn't start it. She started it or he. Then I can preach. Jesus, come on, say something. Jesus, I'm telling you the truth. Wherever you go, hum. Try the experiment this week. Hum. Someone will turn to you. I was in the supermarket humming. It's a place called Whole Foods. Buying my organic stuff. <laughs> I am humming something. Woman turns around. She says, I am so happy to know that there's still some people happy on this earth. <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. Hum. Sing. Cost you nothing. Makes the devil mad. Keep him mad. As you walk, recite the Bible verse out loud. Because if you recite it here, he doesn't hear you. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Hmm? Luke 18 and 27. The things that are impossible with men are possible with God. And the one the devil hates, 1 John 3.8. He that sinneth is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Satan hates that one. First John 3, he hates that one. Luke 10, 18, I, saw, I beheld Satan like lightning fall from heaven. Satan hates that. Why did Jesus beheld him? Behold him falling like lightning? Because it was Jesus who cast him on. I am saying, let us be spiritually active. And let victory change our lives. What do you say? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you today, God, to recommit our lives into your hands. Father, we have no power against the demonic forces. We have none of ourselves. But in cooperation with you, in union with Christ, we can overcome every temptation that comes our way. Father, give us divine wisdom that we may avoid situations. Like Job, we may eschew evil. That you may say of us, as you said of him, there is none like them in the earth. Oh, Father, help us to understand when we yield, we are cooperating with the devil in his constant attacks on Jesus Christ. Father, before I close this prayer, I have to make a call, an appeal. Let your spirit touch my lips and the hearts of those who listen. If there is someone under the sound of my voice, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, you've been struggling with something for a long time. Whatever it is, is not the point. The point is the struggle exists in your life. And you like special prayer. You want to say, Lord, this thing has plagued my life for years. I am tired. It may be lying, always late, envy, murder, whatever it is. I don't need to know. God knows. But it has plagued me for years. And Father, I want the victory over this weakness where the devil conquers me time and time again. If there is someone like that, I want you to come down here. Let me offer a special prayer for you. Come now. Come right here. Well, actually, come with me. Come, Let's come on the same level. Come with me. Something that has plagued me. It need not be horrible as mankind evaluates weaknesses. It could be just envy. Jealousy. But not one sin will be admitted to heaven. Not one. However small. You know what the Bible says? The wages of sin is death. Which sin? All sin. All sin deserves death. From the largest to the smallest. So if there's even a small area in your life where you constantly fall on my life, we must gain the victory. That goes for me as well. And if you think this can't support all of us, we can just stay right here. Come with your hearts. Serious. The Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And when we allow these weak areas to remain, we give place to the devil. Let's shut him out as much as we can. Give no place to the devil, no place, not one square inch of real estate. Let's lock him out as much as we can.
Call is, if there's some area in your life, large or small, where Satan has always had victory, we want victory in that area through Christ. Because the smallest sin that remains unconquered will take us to hell. Let me repeat, the wages of sin is death. Which sin? Any sin. Sin is so serious that every sin deserves death. In our world, if you steal, you go to jail for a few weeks or days or years. But in Christ's system, in God's system, every sin brings the death penalty. From murder to a white lie. This means we must view sin seriously of any size. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I continue this prayer. And I come to God in the name of Jesus with my brothers and sisters who have come to say, Lord, we want to live lives that are free from any, any demonic domination. By that I mean, Lord, we want to live lives where the devil does not have a foothold. Jesus said, the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. And since we must overcome as he overcame, we want to come to the place there, God, where we can say, as far as we know, the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me, whether it be jealousy or envy or pride or whatever it may be there, God, give us the power to overcome through faith in Jesus, holding on to him through faith, that the power of his life may work in our lives. Yea, that his life may be our life, that we may say like Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Father, this is how we want to live, with the life of Christ in us. Give us hatred for sin. Let us feel deep embarrassment and shame when we commit the smallest sin. Change our tastes. And give us spiritual appetites and taste buds. Hear this humble prayer, dear God, please. And when you come into your kingdom, save us to a place wherein dwelleth righteousness. Where iniquity shall not arise the second time. Where there shall be no more curse, meaning there shall be no more sin, meaning there shall be no more death. That's where we want to live. Hear us and strengthen us today. And we thank you for hearing us in Jesus' name. That all God's people say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. You may return to your seats. And I like to sing, God is so good as we walk back. It's our theme song. God bless you. God bless you. God is so good. Let's get a note and sing that.
of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Let all God's people say Amen and Amen. God bless you my brothers and sisters. God be with you through His Spirit and we shall meet again tomorrow evening at this place. At what time? 7 o'clock. Please bring someone with you. Those who go to hell must go how? Alone. But to go to heaven you've got to do what? Take someone with you. God bless you.